your Bibles, we're going to go back to Matthew 9, to the same story again. Matthew 9. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you to all of our guests. We appreciate you being here in our service this morning. You could have been a lot of other places. There are a lot of other bigger churches with bigger choirs and uh, orchestras and all that kind of good stuff and uh, children's ministry with art all over the wall and video games and all that kind of good stuff. But you, you chose to come to this place, as we like to say, back up in the cut. Amen. How'd you find us? We don't know. Other than thank the Holy Spirit for leading you to be with us this morning. But I guarantee you that if you would just reach out and grab this morning what God has for you, you're going to be blessed that you came. You're going to be saying, why didn't I come here last week and the week before that? Amen. Because <clears throat> God wants to encourage us some more this morning. Thank God for Pastor Kimmel ministered last Sunday. Come on, give God a hand for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. There's a stand your ground law. It's called the law of faith. The law of faith is the stand your ground law. Amen. I was listening to that message again last night. Boy, that was yesterday afternoon. It was re really, really, really powerful. And uh, gleaning some more things from that. That whole thing about above all taking the shield of faith, that shield being above us, man, that's. Then that whole thing about the armor of God. Not just putting on armor from God, the armor of God. Wow. And when the devil looks at you, he, he, he thought he was going to see you. He sees God. He's like, oh, Lord, I don't want to mess with that joker there. <laughs> that was powerful. Amen. Come on, give God a praise again for that word last week. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Matthew 9, and uh, let's look at uh, verse 27 through 31. Again, again, can we handle that again? Yes. All right, Matthew 9, 27 through 31. Let's read that together from the New King James Version. Ready, read. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they couldn't help but spread the news. <laughs> That's how it is when God's been good to you. Can't. I know you say don't tell nobody, Lord, but I couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord has done. Has God done anything in your life that you just couldn't keep it to yourself? I can't wait on Pastor to call me up to testify. I got to find somebody. Let me call somebody. Let me text somebody. Let me post on my Instagram or Snapchat or something. What the Lord has done for me. But they spread the news about him in all that country. Amen? Again, Jesus asked him in verse 28. He says, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. It's verse 29. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Now I want to switch please to verse um, 20, uh, in verse 28 and 29, give me that in the New Century Version, please. The New Century Version. 28 and 29, New Century Version. It says, after Jesus went inside, the blind men went with him. He asked the men, do you believe that I can make you see again? Do you believe that I can make you see again? 
they said, they answered, yes, Lord. Now watch, watch verse 29, please. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, because you believe I can make you see again, it will happen. Because you believe I can make you see again, it will happen. Glory to God. I want to use that for my subject today, it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. I want you to turn and tell somebody who looks like they've been going through a whole lot of mess and tell them whatever you believe in God for, I don't care how long it's been, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. If you have faith, if you have properly applied your faith, if you have properly released your faith, if you have made a connection to God's grace through your faith, then it will happen. It's going to, we can just say it like this, it's going to happen. It's going. It's going to happen. Something about to happen. Something about to go down. It will happen. Come on, give God a praise for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we ask you today in this place, we've asked you already to fill this place. We ask you to fill us with your word, with your spirit, revelation, wisdom, insight, instruction. Show us things we need to see, Lord. Reveal to us things that have been hidden. Manifest your glory in this place. Let your word move swiftly and be glorified among your people today. And I pray that every person would have hearing ears and seeing eyes, receiving heart, that there be no distraction, no hindrance to the flow of your word in this place this morning. And I pray, Father, that every person who receives, that their lives will be changed dramatically, drastically, and forever. We thank you, Lord, that everything that you've promised it will happen. We give you praise for it now in Jesus' name. The church said amen. amen and amen. You may take your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It will happen. It will happen. Praise the Lord. Now, on uh, last Sunday, we or two Sundays ago, rather, and I, when I ministered, uh, I ministered on this subject, become what you believe. Everybody say that. Say, become what you believe. Thank you, Lord. Do you all remember that? I've watched that one a few times myself because I've got to keep going over that myself uh, because there's some things I'm believing God for, some things I'm believing to, uh, for my life to be changed. And so I learned that I become what I believe. We talked about how, <coughs> excuse me, how faith connects you to the grace or the supernatural ability and favor of God, right? Your faith, faith, everybody know what faith is? If not, we'll, we'll teach you a little more today. Faith connects you to the supernatural ability, which is the grace or the favor of God, okay? And uh, in other words, we gave the example again, that bears repeating, that if you have a fancy uh, uh, vacuum cleaner or even a, you got a brand new uh, smooth top uh, double oven, you know, one of these things, you know, things, whatever, whatever you ladies dream about, guys dream about, um, if you don't connect it to power, as beautiful as it is, it's not gonna work. So you have to take that and connect it to power. There's power available. There's power uh, in this building. I mean, there's, 
right? I'm not only mean Holy Ghost power. I'm talking about there's, there's natural electricity. We know there's Holy Ghost power here. There's enough power to heal anything right now. But I'm talking about there's enough power that's on tap, available all around us. That if you just simply plug in your phone or whatever you need to plug in, you'll access what's in the walls. Okay? So grace, the power, the ability, and the favor of God is in the walls. It's all available. But we've got to connect to it by faith, right? And grace can change anything, and grace can change everything. Is that right? Grace is God's ability. It's his, it includes his favor. And so that's why, you remember in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul, the apostle Paul was giving us testimony about how he had um, had this thing come upon him where he, uh, this thorn in his flesh, right? The Bible says, a messenger from Satan, right? That thorn didn't come from God, right? It came from Satan. He said it. It was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him about. And he asked the Lord three times, Lord, please remove this, this uh, thorn from me. And, and the Lord said something to him. He never said no, did he? I don't care what you've been taught by old preachers. The Lord didn't say no. What the Lord said was, yes. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. So that was really a yes. Because Paul already had received an abundance of grace. He's the one taught us that in uh, Romans 5.12, that, uh, 5.17 rather. He taught us about having we have received an abundance of grace. So when God said to, to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, he's saying the answer is yes. Yeah, you can take it. You don't need me to do anything. All you need to do now is just use your faith and access the grace that I've already made available to you. So my grace is sufficient. Everybody say sufficient. You know what sufficient means. Sufficient means enough. Some of us know what insufficient means. Right? Come on now, tell the truth. We know what insufficient means. When you've written a check, this is back in your old days, when you've written a check, amen, and you didn't beat the check to the bank, you came up with uh, an NSF, what they call insufficient funds. But grace is never insufficient. Grace is never insufficient. Grace is always enough to cover and change any and everything you could face in your life. Glory to God. Thank God for his grace. Amen? Now, so we talked about how, how everything in our life can change. I'm just giving you a quick review here because it's been two weeks here, all right? So everything in our life can change if we believe. Everybody say, if I believe. If I believe. And again, we become what we believe. All right? That's the way God designed us. You were designed in your life to become what you believe. In other words, believing is out front of where you are. Your belief precedes you. You understand? You, you, uh, knowing is where you are and what you've been through. Believing is where you're going. You understand? So you, you become what you believe. In other words, uh, all of you this morning, you saw yourself in church today. Am I right about it? That's why you're here. You saw, you visualized and, and nailed, locked in that you were going to be in church today. So you did everything, corresponding actions to get to church. Is that simple enough? Okay, so the way your life is, is designed, you become what you believe. Romans 12, 2 uh, talks about this. Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed 
by the renewing of your mind. So you are changed, you are transformed by renewing your mind, changing your thinking. Glory to God. That's why Jesus came preaching in the uh, book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 15. The Bible says Jesus came preaching. He said, repent and believe the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Because when you repent or change your thinking, when you believe something, you're now going to become what you believe. Proverbs 23, verse 7, you know that verse, which says, uh, for as, as that man thinks in his heart, so is he. So as you think in your heart, so are you. You got it? Now, I'm not talking about positive thinking. I heard uh, Dad, uh, Apostle Derber, preaching on uh, positive and negative the last couple of messages he's preached. And uh, he, we, we just want to make sure that we reiterate that we're not talking about positive thinking here. We're talking about thinking according to the Word of God. We're talking about living your life according to the Word of God. Finding out in God's Word what you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, what you can have, what you can be. You got it? Positive thinking, that's, that's uh, uh, New Age cult stuff that's not enduring in fact it's devilish and if it's devilish it's dangerous you got it y'all didn't like that if it's devilish it's dangerous you want to get into the word of God this word of God this wisdom from God which is pure and peaceable you got it all right so again Proverbs 23 7 as he thinks in his heart so is he Get me uh, Acts 26, verse 1. Acts 26, verse 1. Can we just keep rolling with this here? All right, Acts 26, verse 1. Remember we talked last week about Paul giving his, uh, two weeks ago, his testimony before King Agrippa? Just say yes. Just entertain us. Okay. So (laughs) Acts 26, verse 1 says, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. Now remember, at this moment, at this very moment, Paul is a prisoner. At this moment, in his life, he's a prisoner who, if things don't change, he's on his way to be beheaded, to, to, to lose his life. Right? He's a prisoner because the, the Jews have come against him in his ministry. He's doing all the good things he can. He's doing everything God told him to do. He's following the will of God, but he's a prisoner. He's bound. He's in trouble. All right? Now, look at verse 2. Look at what Paul says. I think myself happy. You catch that? Now he's talking about, in context, the fact that he's happy because he gets to now answer it before King Agrippa. And he has much respect for King Agrippa. But I noticed the word, because I looked at this in King James, New King James, other translations to see what it meant. I think myself happy. I'm thinking myself into happy. See, you become what you believe. As a man thinks in his heart, y'all catching this here, so is he. And the, and the problem with many people is they, that they think themselves sad. They think themselves sorrowful. They think themselves poor. They think themselves sick. They think themselves broke. They think themselves into a depression. Paul, in the midst of his mess, says, I think myself happy. Are y'all catching this here? If I get, uh, get let, let me look at uh, Proverbs 15, 15. Media, I gave you this in the Passion Translation. Proverbs 15, 15. Look at this here. Oh, this is going to bless you here. It says, everything seems to go wrong when you feel weak and depressed. 
But when you choose to be cheerful, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. Notice here, you have to choose to be cheerful. Somebody say, I choose to be cheerful. Matter of fact, say, I choose to be happy. Say, I choose to be healthy. I choose to be wealthy. See, I choose it. And so, so because you choose it, then every day brings you more and more joy. See, I, 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 be, I be, believe something, so I become something. Well, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Well, that's too bad. It's true whether you agree with it or not. In fact, in fact, you are already doing it. You're already doing it. You are right now what you believed years ago. Come on now. No, let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just talk. Let's just talk. Nobody, nobody becomes a success without believing they're going to be a success. There are no accidental successes. They're, they're quiet right here, Deacon. There are no accidental successes. Well, yeah, there are. There are people who they, they came with all kinds of inventions by accident. Well, remember, they were trying to do something. They weren't sitting around doing nothing. They were trying to, to be a success. And like, for example, 3M, what's the, the little post-it notes? You know that? Y'all know post-it notes, a little yellow tap? That, those, that was an accidental invention. Most, most corporate inventions are accidental inventions. But they were trying to be successful in something. So because they already believed for success, they became successful. Now you can pull that right back to where you are in your individual life, okay? You're not a corporation. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, but everything, everywhere you are now is a result of something you believed earlier. And I, 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 listen, I understand if you don't agree. I just got to tell you it's still the truth, whether you agree with it or not. Okay? So if you want to change what you are now, change what you believe. You, remember Romans 12, to get it back on the screen for everybody. You are transformed, changed. That word transformed literally means to be remodeled by renewing your mind. So if I want to change what I am or what I have, where I am, I need to change what I believe. Got it? All right, now, so I've got to make sure that I choose to be cheerful. I've got to choose to be joyous. I've got to choose uh, life. <laughs> Isn't that what God said? I set before you life and death, blessing and, church and cursing. Choose life. Choose it. So it's your choice. Tell your neighbor it's your choice. It's your choice. Now, I told you this last time. Most, people, most people's problem is that they, they have chosen or they subscribe to poverty or subscribe to sickness or subscribe to uh, sadness. They subscribe to it. You know when you subscribe to something, it just comes automatically. You ever, you ever gone to the store, you know, especially in this modern age, going to the store, busting them online, all of a sudden you start getting all these emails from a company. And your mailbox is full of all these emails. 
Well, you know there's a place if you scroll down to the bottom of the email, if you're tired of deleting, you can go down to the bottom of the email, there's a place that says, to unsubscribe, click here. Right? How many of y'all ever done that? All right? Now, there's also, <clears throat> when you click down there, it also says you can change your preferences. And you can say, well, I don't want to email every week or every day. Just give me one once a month. I'm telling you, if it's something you don't want, just completely unsubscribe. Don't change your preferences. Don't, don't say, well, I have sickness at well just, just three times a year. No, unsubscribe. Don't say, well, I just, I'll just be sad and moping, you know, at least, you know, t uh, twice a month. Uh, I'm, I'm about to mess with somebody because I just heard some. Ladies, you don't have to be angry and cantankerous once a month. Your time of the month does not give you an excuse to be a hellraiser. You are not, if you're born again, you are not under Eve's curse any longer. You have been redeemed from the curse. You are under the blessing of Abraham now. But you understand how I hurt. Amen. Get you some bonbons, some ice cream, some donuts, whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do. Appease yourself. Do whatever you need to do, but don't, don't make life hell for everybody else because you're having a personal summer. Praise the Lord. All right, praise God. All right, let's keep going. Tell your neighbor, unsubscribe from all that mess. All right, now, now let me keep going here because you got to remember, I'm just, just finish this review here. You got to remember that everything you're, you're dealing with can be changed. All right, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18. First, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18. I want you to look at two words that stand out in these two verses here. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 says, For I like affliction, which is but for a moment. So underline, circle, highlight the word moment. Moment. Okay? And that moment means whatever you're dealing with is momentary. Okay, when it, but for a moment means momentary. So we can say for a light affliction, which is momentary, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now look at verse 18, please. Verse 18. While we do not look at things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we see now another word here, temporary. So that means everything in your life that you see is momentary and temporary. You know, that just, this uh, pictures came to mind when I said that. Here, I remember <coughs> when I was a younger kid, younger kid that I am now, I'm still a kid, but when I was a younger kid, and we go to like Busch Gardens or uh, Walt Disney World or uh, Adventure Island or the ones, theme parks, you know. And uh, you look at the ride, you know, the python, they're back in the day, I'm going way back. Python. Remember python? This before Coomba and all them other crazy rides, Phoenix. This, this python was the big thing. And boy, you know, all the kids, we're going to go and get on a ride. Now, we're all going to play like we hard. Yeah. But in my mind, in my mind, this is, this is in my mind, I actually have to sit there and analyze the ride while I'm in that long line. Because you're thinking, 
Okay, when you first get in line, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. But as you, you get deeper into that line, and there's a line behind you, like, man, I'm stuck. I can't, I can't get out this line now. I mean, your heart is starting to beat right out of your chest. So then the thought comes to me, okay, watch the ride. And just when they go on that loop, just count how long. This is what I would do. This is, this, how, this, how, this is how I talk myself through it. They go on that loop, and I see they go, woo, and I was like, okay, three seconds. I thought, I can survive three seconds. You understand? I thought, I can survive three seconds. Or it goes to this next loop, loop to doop, whatever. And okay, that was like four seconds. I can survive four seconds. Before I know it, okay, I'm on the ride now. Because it, it, I realized that the dangerous or the scariest part was only momentary. It was only temporary. And if I could just get through that momentary part, then I come out looking like a champ. I'm telling you, whatever you're going through and all your mess and all your hell and high water, it's only momentary. It's only temporary. All you can just go through it. Just so if you can get through that, boom, you're going to come out like a winner on the other side. You got it? So you're already a winner. You're already victorious, okay? All right, now, now, so I got to believe everything can change. I got to believe everything can change, all right? Now, I gave you this word, believe in the uh, Greek there a couple weeks ago, the Greek word pistuo, pistuo, you remember that? It means here to, be, to think to be true, to be persuaded of, to credit, to place confidence in. It means to trust in Jesus or God as able to aid either in obtaining or in doing something, okay? So to the main part I want to focus on here, is to trust in Jesus or God as able to aid either in obtaining or doing something. So there are things that you and I are believing God that we need to obtain. Or things that we believe in God that we, we need him to do for us. So it says, I got I to gotta place my belief in him. And the Bible says in Mark 10, 27, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. In Mark 9, 23, it says, if you can believe, then all things are possible to him that believes. Now, I want to stress that part. Give me, put that on the screen. Make sure they see it. Mark 9, 23. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to this man, this man was believing for his son in this story. I don't have time to go through that. This man, his son was going through a mess, right? But he went to Jesus about it. Jesus said to this man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, I gave you... A moment ago, Mark 10, 27, that says, with God, all things are possible. Got it? So with God, all things are possible. But Mark 9, 23 says, it narrows that possibility down. It says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So God, it's possible for God to do all things. But the possibility is now released to you when you believe it. And notice again, it's possible to him who believes. To him who believes. So there's a, there's a, a specific person who qualifies for the impossible things. And it's the one who believes. Praise the Lord. Now, 
Let's go back to, to uh, Matthew 9. Y'all got the review down already? Yes, sir. All right, good. So in Matthew 9, 27, because I'm going to show you again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, there's no condition or circumstance that's too big for, for our faith in God's grace. Okay, now remember we saw this story here in Matthew 9, 27, about these two blind men who come to Jesus Christ to be healed. Again, verse 27 says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy. Show us your goodness. That's what this mercy means. Show us your goodness here. And when he had come into the house, the blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe, do you believe, do you believe, I want you to notice these pronouns here. Do you believe I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Got it? That's all you and I got to say today. Yes, Lord. Okay? Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Your faith is causing something to happen to you. Your faith is going to release something to you. I'm going to show you. This is important, ladies and gentlemen, here. I'm going to show you this here in a minute. According to your faith, let it be to you. Verse 30 here, we know the result. And their eyes were open. We can stop there. And their eyes were open. That they came, they got just what they wanted. We just sang that song back in the old days. Got just what I wanted. Got just, none of y'all remember that. Got just what I wanted from the Lord. Some of y'all remember that? All right, praise the Lord. I heard it. Some of y'all was Kojic. So according to your faith, let it be to you. So, and their eyes are open. So they, they receive what they came there looking for. Okay? Now, give me that verse 29 again in the Message Bible. This is what we, we spoke on two weeks ago. He touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. That's why we could preach that. He, he said, that when it says, according to your faith, be it unto you, it means, here, become what you believe. Okay? Now, let's look at that again in the New Century Version. In the New Century Version. When Jesus touched their eyes and said, now listen to this, because you believe, I can make you see again, it will happen. Everybody say it will happen. It will happen. Hallelujah. It's going to happen. So because you believe, I can make you see again, it will happen. So their believing or their faith allowed it to happen. Happen means uh, something occurred. There was an action. There was movement. There was a transference. So because you believe, there's going to be a release. There's going to be a change. There's going to be an improvement. There's going to be a turnaround. Got it? So because you believe, I can make you see again. Because you believe I can make you see again, it will happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in our everyday language. See, when you believe, you allow the power of God to be released. There's power. There's plenty of power available to, all, to every one of us on this planet. But only those who believe access the power. This is simple, basic understanding. I know some of y'all already know this. Y'all are already masters of faith. But I want to talk to the new people who may not be masters of faith yet. 
He says, I can make you see again. If you believe I can make you see again, uh, it will happen. Now, that reminds me of, give me, give me a Mark 11, verse 22 um, through 24. Let's look at that in the Amplified Bible, please. Mark 11, Mark 11, verse 22. Y'all remember this story in Jesus Christ that cursed the fig tree? And the disciples come back the next day and they see it and they're like, what in the world is this? And so he's going to talk to them about how this faith works. Y'all with me? And Jesus, Jesus replied, said to them, or replying, said to them, have faith in God constantly. Now, we, we know it literally means to have the God kind of faith. All right? So you and I can have and use the God kind of faith. Now, watch how the God kind of faith works. Watch verse 23. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but what? Believe. Believes that what he says will take place, will take place, in other words, will happen, it will be done for him. So if you believe that what you say will happen, it will happen. Now it looks to me like if Jesus Christ is telling this to men, then God's not in control of this. It looks to me like these men are in control of this. It looks to me like you're in control of this, not God. God simply makes the grace and the power, uh, his power available. But it's up to you if you want to tap in or not. It's up to you. And if you want to tap in, you can plug in all the devices you have and, and there's enough power for it. <laughs> you can't overload God's system. You, you, you'll never cause his breakers to shut off or anything like that. Y'all remember back, some of y'all remember back in the old days we used to have, we, before we had breakers, we had fuses. Boy, that used to be something horrible back in the day. Boy, back, the power goes out, you, the, you got blow dryers and fans and everything, the AC something running, and the fuse go out. Man, you got to go in the dark with a flashlight, try to find which fuse going bad, because there wasn't no breaker. You had to try to test which fuse is bad and find a fuse, man. It's so easy now. <laughs> you just go in there and flip it. All right, you see that one. Praise the Lord. So there's the powers available, and you can't, you can't, over, you can't overuse the cir God's circuits. His grace is sufficient for you. His ability, his power is sufficient. Are you seeing this here? So if you believe, whatever you believe, uh, if you believe what you say will take place or will happen, it will be done for him. Now look at verse uh, 24, please. Verse 24, I love this. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Oh, tell your neighbor you're going to get it. Tell your neighbor you're going to get it. Tell them you're going to get it. You're going to get it. I remember, boy, I remember when I was a kid, a younger kid, and boy, you'd be in church or be at, you'd be at home and your mom and dad at work or whatever something, and me and my brother, boy, we used to fight and, you know, tussle all the time, tear the house up, do something wrong, and boy, my brother look at me, I look at him and say, boy, you going to get it? Anybody remember that? You a kid, you going to get it. Ooh, skeeter, skeeter. <laughs> you going to get it. Tell your neighbor, you going to get it. If you believe and have faith, you going to get it. If you believe and don't die in your heart, you going to get it. Whatever you have said, whatever you've spoken, and believe in your heart, you're going to get it. Hallelujah. Now that's not a negative thing for me. Now that's a positive thing. I'm going to get it. It will happen. 
it will happen. Glory to God. Now, I want to show you something here. I, I want to keep going here. Uh, I, got, I got a lot to give you. Look, look at Matthew 13, please. Matthew 13, verse 53, I want to show you that unbelief, or when you don't have your belief working, faith working, it caps the power of God. It caps the power of God. Look at Matthew 13 and verse 53. Let me get there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're going to get it. Verse 53 says, Now it came to pass when Jesus was, had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Y'all with me? All right. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? They're, they don't believe in him. Verse 20, 57. So they were offended at him. Offense shuts down your faith. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Verse 58. Watch this. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You see that? So because they're in unbelief, they're not exercising their faith, it says he did not do many mighty works. Everybody see that? Now, he did not do any or many? Many. He didn't do many. It didn't say he didn't do any. That means somebody got their miracle. That means something. Matter of fact, turn over to Mark. Hallelujah. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Look at Mark chapter 6. Let's look at the same story in Mark 6. Mark 6 verse 4. That's the next book over here. Matthew, Mark. Y'all got it? Mark 6 verse 4. But Jesus said to them, a prophet, remember this, he just said this here. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Verse 5 says, and now he could not, he, now, now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So somebody, even though there was an atmosphere of unbelief, even though there was no faith in the environment, Somebody had said, you know what, I believe this man. Somebody said, I believe God can do it. Somebody said, I, I believe God can heal my body. I believe God can change my marriage. I believe God can, can bless my finances. Somebody got their miracle. And I'm telling you today, it doesn't matter if nobody in this room has any faith. If you have, all things are possible to him that believes. So if you believe, and nobody else in your whole world believes, You can get your miracle. Tell your neighbor, you can get your own miracle. <laughs> I bet you a few minutes ago about private summers, you can have a private revival. You can have a, you can have a private crusade. You can have a private miracle. Doesn't matter if nobody else has anything. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look, look at Psalm, uh, no, I'm going to skip that. Get, go, go to, go to uh, Romans 3.3. 3. Go to Romans 3.3. 3. Are y'all understanding this so far? Romans 3.3. 3. Watch this. Because you, you would hope everybody believed. You would hope everybody would reach out to God. But it doesn't take that. 
Because God will deal with you one-on-one. You might be the only person on your road today who gets a miracle. You might be the only person in your family who gets blessed. You might be the only person in your town who gets a breakthrough. Because no, it doesn't matter if nobody else believes. Nobody else's unbelief can stop your faith. You hear this? Romans 3.3. 3. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? The answer is no. So God is faithful. He's faithful. If you reach out to him, he'll bless you. If you reach out to him, he'll heal you. If you reach out to him, he'll deliver you. He doesn't need everybody to believe. He just needs one. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor. Well, there were 12 spies. Children of Israel on the, on the brink of going into the promised land. Moses sends 12 spies in there. Go check it out. Check out the land that God has given us. Go see the land God has given us. So these 12 spies go in, and they all get the same view. Wow, look at the land. It is flowing with milk and honey. There's grapes, and there's all kind of fruit and corn and wine and oil and all kind of great stuff. It's a walled city, great city, all these great things about this city. But then 10 of those guys come back and say, "Mm, but these giants are there. We can't take it. Ten of them. Ten out of twelve. Ten twelfths is the same as five six. <laughs> okay? We're going to reduce it. We're going to reduce fractions for all of our... <laughs> okay? So you have one sixth, two out of twelve who believe. That's about 16.7%, just where we're going to convert to percentages. I mean, you know that, right? If it was 2.6, that'll be 33.3%. So half of 33.3 is about 16.7. Right? What I'm showing you is that it was not the majority who believed. It was a very small 16.7%, very small minority that believed that God could do it. So what, what, what happened? Did none of them make it in? No. Those two that believe, those two twelfths, those one, that one six, that 16.7% that believed, God said, I'm going to let them come in. The rest of y'all, you're going to die out here in the wilderness. That means it doesn't mean God don't need a whole majority to believe. He doesn't need it. He just needs one person who will reach. That was a woman with an issue of blood. There was a whole crowd of people around Jesus Christ, but one woman had a touch of faith, and she reached up by faith and touched him in his garment, and she pulled down. She accessed virtue out of him because she had a different touch. She believed something. Lord, Lord, I'm the only one in my family who believes. So what? You're going to get it. Lord, I'm the only man in my whole town preaching faith. So what? You're the one going to get it. Everything God has for you, you're going to get it. Everything. 
slap your neighbor in the head and say, you're going to get it. <laughs> don't be slapped. Don't slap my head. Don't slap my head. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. It will happen for you. You keep releasing your faith, it will happen. You understand? This, this is encouragement to me, ladies and gentlemen. Because, see, see, I have seen God move in my life in wonderful, miraculous, mighty ways. Many things I've prayed and believed God for, man, I've seen them happen already. But there are still some things. I wish I had another witness. There are still some things I'm believing God for. I'm trusting God for it. It's been more than a year. It's been more than five years. It's been a long time. And I'm still believing God. And God had to come remind me this morning, son, if you believe, it will happen. Glory to God. Just keep believing. Don't quit now. Don't be weary while doing. It might take a while, but it will happen. Don't stop believing. I'm not going to let you down. I'm not going to let you be disappointed. I'm not going to let you fail. It will happen. Glory to God. Glory to God. This time, high five somebody and tell them, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. That thing you've been praying for, you're going to get it. That thing you've sown your seed for, you're going to get it. That thing you fasted for, you're going to get it. That thing you stepped before God, you're going to get it. That, re that request you made before God, you're going to get it. That healing you want to manifest, you're going to get it. That miracle you need, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And, and I'm, let, me, let, me, let me add this here because this just came to me. And it's not based on you being good or bad. You better catch that. Somebody needs to catch that. Holy Ghost had to, had to pause me right there. It's not based on you being good. Being, see, when, when you talk about you're going to get it, it's because you've been bad. You're going to get it. But you receiving from God is not based on you being bad and good. It's about can you believe? Because every person we read so far about Jesus Christ being healed, they weren't good. They weren't born again. They weren't saved. They weren't Holy Ghost filled, speaking in tongues, fire baptized. They were heathen sinners. And yet because of his love and his compassion, and they reached out by faith, they got what they wanted. They got just what they wanted. They got just what they wanted from the Lord. So don't, don't, don't let condemnation get in there. Don't, come on, listen. Don't let condemnation get in there and get you thinking, well, no, I messed up. See, I was, God was going good. I was going good. All of a sudden, I, I messed up. I got in sin, and now they cut up. That ain't cut nothing off. You better hear me. That didn't cut anything off. God didn't change. You keep your faith working. Get before God. God, I confess my sin to you. You are faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now I'm back on track. I receive what I got coming to me. Tell you that you got something coming to you. You got something coming to you. There's some things that are headed your way that the devil himself can't stop it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. 
Sit down, sit down, I gotta finish. Yeah, I'm still believing for some things. I still have a list. I still have a list. Give, give me Luke. Let's, let's look at this. I, I, I got to prove this point to you. I got to prove this point to you. Give me Luke chapter 5, please. Luke 5. Luke 5. I want you to see this here. I want you to see that God just needs your faith. Luke 5 and verse 17. Hallelujah. You're going to get it. Specifically, you. You're going to get it. <laughs> you're going to get it. I didn't say everybody's going to get it. I said you're going to get it. Everybody ain't believing, but you're believing. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I received. You're going to get it. Look at Luke 5, 17. Y'all there? Y'all, let, just let me preach. Come on now. Verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Sitting by. Who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Now watch this last line. Oh my God. And the power of the Lord was present, like, like on this outlet down here. The power is present. Now he's sitting in this room, and you got Pharisees, and teachers, you got all, all, all kind of folks sitting around. And the, and the Bible, the Holy Ghost has a throw in there. The power is present to heal them. To heal, to heal them. Now, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost, I didn't see that. For him to say that implies they had issues. Because it said he was there teaching. But for the Holy Ghost to say the power is present to heal them implied they, some of them probably had some lupus or diabetes or cancer or, you know, uh, whatever, something, something, high blood pressure, hypertension, you know, sinusitis and, you know, allergies, and they had all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff, everything going wrong. Because the Holy Ghost says the power is present. It's right there. In other words, what he's saying is at any time, at any time, they'd apply their faith. Boop, they'd be healed. Now, it, no, but notice what it says here. They're sitting by. They're sitting by. They're, they're just bystanders. They're just spectators. They're just watchers. They're not applying. They're, they're actually critiquing him. They're, they're critiquing his message like some folk do me. Right? I know people do that because we get people on our YouTube who thumb down. They thumb down the messages on YouTube. <laughs> well, I receive. Because they're, they're critiquing. Well, he didn't give three points, and he didn't give a, a real introduction, and he didn't give a real conclusion, and he didn't give sub points, and he didn't take us back to the cross, and he didn't give a, You sitting by. And you sick. You're on 30, 30 pills a day and you sitting by. 
You can't even breathe at night. You got to have an oxygen mask to go to bed, oxygen mask to wake up, and you sitting by watching me trying to critique, trying to critique my teaching. <laughs> I, receive, I, I mean, and the power of the Lord's presence is here. To heal them all. Oh, I'm out of time. We got to quit. Oh, keep going. I keep going. Okay. All right. Go. Ver, go I, I receive. Ver, verse 18. Go to verse 18. Watch this. Says, so then behold, men brought on, on a bed a man who was paralyzed. Now he's physically paralyzed, but they're the ones sitting by. They're spiritually paralyzed. They're intellectually paralyzed. They're, they're, they suffer from, from paralysis of analysis. You know what that means? They're sitting about, they're sitting by analyzing everything he's saying. So their analysis has caused paralysis. Too many times you're sitting there trying to judge and estimate and get, checking them out and what they doing in this pocket and all that kind of stuff. You ain't got time to worry about my pocket. You need to be healed. You need to be delivered. You need to be set free. And the power of the Lord is present to heal them all. Them all means he had enough to, to cover everything. Here's enough juice. So they brought this man uh, who they sought to bring in uh, and lay before him. So now, now go back, go back, go back. So they're they going to bring in a man. Uh, <laughs> help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> While folks sitting by, these guys, men, we know four men, they brought up on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. They're not coming to inspect they're not coming to be spectators. They're not coming to judge. And they're not checking out how long he's been preaching. They're coming to get something. They're coming to get something. We are intentional. We, have, we, we come with reckless abandon. So much reckless abandon, if you know the story, they tore the roof. too crowded and we, we can, you know, folk now, they'll stay home because, you know, I can't find parking close to the building. I, I can't find parking close to the building, so I'm, I'm going to stay, you know, I'm going to just watch online. Uh, no, that's fine, watch online, but the, the power is present. <laughs> oh, God, I'm just, no, no, don't get me wrong, power will transfer electronically. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. It's happened to me. But when I was going through, and I had the science sinus uh, last, what, 2006, 17, whenever it was, beginning of the year, man, the science sinus had got on me so bad, and I'm like, what is this? So I'm sitting there, man, I'm, I'm sitting there with uh, Kenneth Hagin. Over and over and over again. I ain't going to the hospital, I ain't going to the doctor, I got a doctor in heaven. Over and over and over again. And when he pray, I pray. I get with Gloria Copeland, and she do healing school. And when they pray, I pray. Boom. And so that power transferred electronically. Yeah. Glory to God. Verse 19. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst of before Jesus. That, that's, just, that's just inconsiderate. 
That is totally inconsiderate. Some, some guy's house, they just told him. I mean, all of a sudden, they got a, they got a sunroof in the house, man. But they don't get, faith don't care. That woman with this, your blood, she didn't care. Faith don't care. Verse 20. When he saw their faith. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. So he saw their faith. And when that, their faith was released, that, remember that power that was present? It was now released to that one man. Look at verse 24. Verse 24. The end of verse 24 says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Verse 25, immediately he, he rose up before them, looked, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Because the power was present, Elder Baker. But nobody was touching. Nobody was pulling anything. They were all just checking them out. But when faith showed up, all of a sudden this one, just it only mentioned one guy in this whole meeting getting healed. Only one guy in this whole meeting got healed. This one guy I received. Only this one guy got healed. And, and so it says here, he departed his own house glorifying God. Now, can I keep going? Now, I know my clock is over. Just let's just... Let me just do this one last, one last one here. I'll finish the rest next week. 26. <clears throat> and they were all amazed. Now they were sitting there spectating before. And now they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled, filled with fear. Filled with fear. It didn't say filled with awe. They were filled with fear. This is regular fear, fear. They're like, wait, wait a minute. This is, this, is, this is different. Because they said, we have seen strange things today. We're not used to this. These Pharisees and these fellows, they weren't used to it. They were just sitting around, you know, used to somebody's teaching, nice little, nice little message. They will all rise, let us go home, depart to our homes, praise the Lord. But when the power was released, that freaked them out. They hadn't seen this. They said, we have seen strange things today. I want to close it right, right, right around here and just let you know that faith makes strange things happen. Write that down. Faith makes strange things happen. That's, that's easy to see that. That's easy to conclude from this message here. Faith makes strange things happen. Y'all got to catch this here. Y'all ready for some strange things in your life? Yes. I receive. If faith makes strange things happen, glory to God. It says, but they said, we have seen strange things today. Strange. Now, I want to I just give you that, this word here. I'll let you go here in a minute. 
That word strange or the phrase strange things is the Greek word paradoxos. Paradoxos. Listen to what it means. Unexpected. Uncommon. I'm talking about what your faith is going to make happen in your life. Unexpected. Uncommon. Incredible. Wonderful. We have seen strange things today. Their faith caused strange things to happen. Oh, I wish y'all would catch this here. Your faith will cause strange things to happen. Unexpected things to happen. Everybody say unexpected. If there's unexpected, there must be unexpected. But faith, their faith calls unexpected things to happen. It causes uncommon things to happen. It causes incredible things to happen. It causes wonderful things to happen. Are you ready for some wonderful things to happen in your life? Now, I just, I just, I, just give me one more minute, please. I, 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 I'd like to study this word because when I saw paradoxos, of course, I thought the, word, the, the English word paradox or, 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 or paradoxical. This word, I studied the etymology of this word paradox. And it, it's the Greeks, it's para, para which means beyond or outside of. And Doking, D-O-K-E-I-N, doking, which means thinking. This, this, is, this is how this word was formed. So it's beyond or outside of thinking. Common thinking. From, the, from that paradoking, they formed the word paradoxos, where well, we get the English word paradoxical. Paradoxical. Y'all ever heard the word paradoxical? The word paradoxical means contrary to expectation. Y'all got to catch this. Abnormal or unusual. So if you follow this trail, then your faith will cause things to happen that are contrary to expectation. Your faith is contrary. You, you missed that. Your faith, let me, let me help you out, must be contrary. Your faith looks at what they said, but receives what he said. Even if they totally contradict each other. If the doctor says you have six months to live, your faith says I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Because faith always contradicts facts. You better write that down. Faith always contradicts facts. Man, uh, man's life revolves around facts and figures. But faith 
stands on the word of God. And God's word isn't based on facts and figures. Most often, they'll be totally contrary to each other. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. How does your garden grow? How? In other words, otherwise we, we don't understand. We don't, we don't understand how this is happening for you, Mary. Because the way you're operating is contrary to our normal process. Y'all better catch. Your faith is going to cause you to operate contrary to the normal process. When they say you should do this and that and this and that, faith says no. Come over here and lay a lump of figs on it. Faith will always be contrary. It will always contradict the normal process. It will contradict normal laws of nature. Faith will bring something that is contrary to expectation. So if something happens in your life, there's a natural expectation. But faith if you start to think paradoxically, think according to faith, you'll start to think contrary to expectation. You'll begin to speak contrary to expectation. You'll start to behave contrary to expectation. And the way people thought things ought to go in your life will not be the way things went in your life. It'll be the way God said it's supposed to go in your life. When you fall, people expect you to be down for the count. But faith says, when I fall, enemy, don't laugh. Don't rejoice over me, for I shall arise again. Faith is going to always stick to what God's word said. You have this? So, all right. When you're born uh, black. When you, most of y'all in here born black, right? Some of y'all became black, but some of, uh, most of y'all are born black, right? Sean became black. Most of y'all are born black. He, he been hanging around Oscar. You can't be around Oscar and not become black. Right? But there's a natural expectation that you're not going to amount to much? You're not going to really live any kind of a financially prosperous life? You're not going to live a very long life because you're going to die of high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease. Come on, all of the things, sickle cell anemia is the, is the expectation that you're, you're not going to achieve much in school. That's the expectation right now. We read this article last week. What's happening to Kena and all these teachers that tell you what's these, these they're, lower, they're lowering expectations on our kids. Well, you know, they can't achieve anyway, so let's just, let's just lower the standard for, for, those, for the black kids. <laughs> but when you operate in faith, faith will make strange things happen. Faith is going is to make you strange to your family. Has anybody been through that already? Has your faith made you strange to your family already? 
they just can't, can't peg you anymore. They keep talking foolishness and you keep talking about what God's about to prosper you and God's blessing you and God is increasing you and God is making you rich and God is making you healthy and strong and I got this new thing and this new thing and this door open and this door open and favors on my life and all this. Because you, you become strange to your family. You become strange to your classmates. You become strange to your friends. You become strange to your neighbors. You become strange to this world. When they see how God blesses your life, that's how it's supposed to be. Let me give you one, one last example. And we'll quit. I'm going to live contrary. Because whatever I put my faith on, it will happen. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Look at Acts 28, last place. Acts 28. Verse 1. Now when they had escaped, they found... They then found out that the island was called Malta. Today that same island is called Melita. If you were looking on the map today, it's called Melita. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on, a, on, a, on the fire, a viper, that's a snake, came out because of the heat. Snakes don't like heat. The devil doesn't like heat. He don't like hell. So if he don't like hell, don't you go. He don't even want to go. Because of the heat and fasted on his hand. Verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. Verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 5. But he shook off the creature. Tell your neighbor, shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> See, faithful know how to shake stuff off. This creature had latched onto his hand, this snake. That's supposed to kill him. But he shook it off. Because he's exercising faith in what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16. You shall take up deadly serpents, and they shall not harm you. He's exercising faith in what Jesus Christ said in, back in Luke 10. That no serpents, no scorpions shall, shall even harm you. So he's working his faith here, right? He says, so he shook off the creature and, and suffered, verse 5, suffered no harm. Now that's totally unexpected. Because verse 6 says, however, they were expecting. See, when you go through something, when something happens in your life, people expect you to fall apart. They thought you were going to lose your mind and cry when you went through your divorce. When all your friends turned on you, they, they thought you were just going to fall apart. When you lost your job, everybody thought, oh, Lord, you ain't going to make it. They, they didn't know you had a faith on the inside of you that was greater in power than all other things. It says they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. That's what they were expecting. But after they had looked for a long time, tell your neighbor, just keep on looking. That's what you. They're watching you, baby. They're checking you out because they want to know when you're going to find a crack. They know it ain't gonna, ain't, you, can't, you can't go through all that and, and live. No, no they're just going to keep on looking. After they looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. 
and said that he was a God, they were right. Now they're thinking he's one of the gods coming from, 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 from space like Zeus and Venus and so, so forth. But he was a God. He was a son of God. Just like you and I are sons of God. So when you and I go through mess and stuff latches onto our lives, shake it off. Just shake it off. Unsubscribe. Shake it off. I'm not going to keep this any longer. Shake it off. I'm tired of this. Shake it off. Get off of me, devil. He's a, he's, a, he's a defeated foe. Shake him off. Pastor Kim told us that last Sunday. We fight against somebody who don't have any weapons. Shake him off. Let him go. Send him back to the fire. Back where he belongs. And while they're looking at you, waiting on you, because they expect you to fall, you're going to stand your ground. You're going to keep on standing. And you're not going to go anywhere. And the good things that you had coming to you, they're going to happen in your life. Something's good is going to happen in your life. Come on, get on your feet this morning. Let's give God a big praise this morning. Come on, give God a big hand of praise and let God know you received that word today. Let him know you received that word. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Receive, receive, receive. Receive. Charge yourself up. Charge yourself up. I receive what's coming to me. It's mine. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. It will happen. It will happen. It's coming. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. That desire, that dream, that hope, that expectation shall not be cut off. That's what your Bible says. Your expectation shall not be cut off. My expectation shall not be cut off. Your faith expects something to happen. Pastor, but it's been like a whole year. Well, you, you faith champ, you just keep on holding on. It's coming. It's coming. You, you already got your receipt, right? You already got your receipt, right? What you worried for? Well, I don't have no receipt. Well, you don't have faith then. See, when you, when, you, when you got locked in in faith, you got your receipt. So it doesn't matter how long. Well, I wanted to go faster. Well, praise God faster. Give glory to God. Build yourself up. Glory to God. Give glory to God. And when you do that, it's coming. Don't be weary and well-doing. And do this. You're going to reap if you faint not. Hallelujah. You're going to get it. The devil want to tell you, ooh, you're going to get it. The devil want to make it negative. You're going to get it. God's going to get you. God ain't going to get you. He's got you. Oh, but I let God down. He's over it. God's already over it. But I failed God so bad. He's already over it. He's already over it. He's already moved on. Go ahead and let yourself receive. Many times we just can't receive because we're still, we're still condemning ourselves. We've still, we're still judging our own selves. We're still disqualifying ourselves. And God is saying, honey, son, I'm 
moved on. Didn't you already, already ask me to forgive you? Didn't you already confess that? Well, then let it go. I'm ready to unload on you. Glory to God. I'm ready to give you something good. That same kid, years ago when my brother would say something like, ooh, when dad come home, when mom come home, you going to get it? I used to love when mom or dad came home with a surprise. And they come and say, I got something for you. I got something for you. Oh, that just made my day. And what would happen if I had done something that I shouldn't have done? I felt like, ooh. I don't want to do it anymore. Because my mom and dad were good to me, so I don't want to do those things anymore. See, the goodness of God leads to repentance. That's what the Bible says. The goodness of God leads to repentance. So when you let God just be good to you, then you say, Lord, I don't want to let you down no more. I'm sorry. I ain't going to do that. It ain't worth it. You're too good to me. So just let him bless you. Go ahead and get, get what God has for you. It will happen. Lift your hands to God and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know, I know it, will happen. it will happen. I'm believing you. I'm, believing you. I'm trusting in you. I'm, you. I'm staying with you. I'm, staying with I'm you. not turning away. I'm not turning away. No matter how long it takes, no how long it my, takes. Faith my faith says it will, it will happen. And I thank you now, thank you now. In, advance, in advance because I believe, because I, believe. I receive. Now, when I pray, thank you, Lord, it will happen. I give God a big shout of praise today in this place. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Father, thank you today for the word. Thank you for this encouraging note to us today this memo you've sent from heaven to let us know that that thing or those things we've been believing you for and asking you for, that it'll happen. It will happen. Nothing can stop it. The devil can't stop us. You're not going to stop. You're not holding back anything. It will happen. Oh, yes, Lord, I hear that too. No matter how big, it will happen. No matter how outlandish, Hallelujah. No matter how strange it may seem to man, it will happen. Thank you, Lord. You're a big God, a very big God, a very big God. You're a very big God. You're a very big God. You're a very great God. And you will cause things to happen. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Thank you, Father, for even the word last Sunday about standing our ground, about, about staying in faith. Thank you, Father, that you've taught us and you're training us how to walk and to live in faith. And I pray, Father, that every person under the sound of my voice who've heard this word today, those watching online, that God, that faith has been reassured, that that faith has been even more firmly established in us today. That is not merely a time of excitement over the word, 
but a time of reassurance, a time of further establishment that we're going to stand our ground with firm footing, stability in our footing, God, a firm stance of faith that God, even if nobody else believes, <laughs> when we tell somebody else about what you said and they don't believe, God, even if they don't believe, we believe. We make our stance of faith. We make our declaration of faith. Even if nobody agrees, we agree. We believe. And God, we know that it will happen. Now just continue to keep us. And I ask that God, you'd manifest in people's lives today and every day. Those things, Lord, little by little, hallelujah, manifest, manifest, answers, answers. We receive them now with thanksgiving. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. amen. And amen. Now give God a one more great hand of praise today. One more. Hallelujah. Glory to God.